Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We would like to acknowledge that this podcast is recorded on Aboriginal land and recognize the strength, resilience, and capacity of the Turrbal and Yagara people in this land. Hey, Taylor. Hey, Mel. I have a question for you. What's that? <laughs> Why would you be rich if you bred a golden retriever and a poodle? Why? Because you would have golden poos. <laughs> 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 Bok Bok Hello Bok Bok Hello Oh my god Welcome back to the Fleep and Papa podcast Great joke Mel You are full of pep and it's terrifying Isn't it This is a request by one of our listeners So I'm just um, fulfilling requests To be uh, full of pep Mm -hmm. We love feedback Peppy as hell Welcome Mel (laughs) Welcome Taylor Thanks And welcome everyone Thanks for tuning in (laughs) We're full of pep I have some stories. I'm on a website that's called Mental Floss. Do you remember Mental Floss? Oh, uh, vaguely. Yeah. This is called Eight Wonderful Dog Stories from July 7, 2011. Fun Love fact, it. that was two days before my senior formal. Ah, that's really cute. And also the failing of my driver's test, but let's not talk about that. Oh. Yeah. Does I failed anyone... on the day of my formal and I cried and then I had really crappy makeup because... Oh, tears. I had cried. Yes. Anyway, <laughs> good times. Pep. Pep. Or so there's a there's a selection of stories here, so I'm just gonna I'm I'm gonna give you some selections. Okay. Yeah, but go and go hit, and see them. Hit me up. This one's called Dozer, the Marathon Dog. Dozer. I thought I'd do bite-sized stories instead of like a big story. Love it. Dozer, a three-year-old golden doodle. Oh, clearly they <laughs> listened to the start of your joke. <laughs> saw a bunch of people run by his home in Fulton, Maryland. He became so excited that he crossed his invisible fence and started running with them. <laughs> Seven miles later, Dozer crossed <laughs> the finish line of the Maryland Half Marathon. Jeez. <laughs> a fundraising event for the University of Maryland's Greenbaum Cancer Center. Um, the runners did not know that Dozer was alone. He returned home the next day looking so tired that his owners took him to the vet. <laughs> Word got around and they realized Dozer was the dog on the marathon's TV coverage. Marathon organizers gave Dozer a special award. Now he has his own runner's page and Facebook fan page. And he's raised, because it was called a fan page then. Do you remember that? In 2001. Oh, a fan page. Yeah. yeah. And he's raised $21,000 for the cancer center. Wowee. There you go. You know when you accidentally run a marathon? Yep. No, I have never done that. (laughs) When I meet people that are running marathons, I literally like bow in awe because I cannot, I'm It's so impressive. I'm so bad. I can dance for hours. Mm. I cannot run. It's really impressive. Yeah. Very cool. Lada, the loyal babysitter. (laughs) Olga, a 22-year-old woman in Saratov, Russia, took her dog and her baby son, Vadim, to a park and met up with friends. After a few drinks, Olga went home and left her baby behind. Oh, no. There's drinks in the park. Is that legal? Maybe in Russia. Maybe. Luckily, her dog Lada was with the baby. (laughs) 
I'll go work the next morning. <laughs> oh my goodness. And realized the child was missing. <laughs> she thought Vadim had been abducted, but her father went to the park and found the baby in his pram with Lada still beside him. The Rottweiler had stood guard over him all night long. Vadim was wet and hungry, but unharmed and was placed in the care of his grandmother. Yet yeah, good. Holy moly. That's probably not what okay. a story. <laughs> Thank goodness for Lada. Olga... I hope you're working on your issues. We support you. Wow. Wowie. Good. Okay, hopefully a slightly happy one. Yeah. Happier. Bell calls 911. Cool. Kevin Weaver has diabetes. <laughs> dun dun. It's <laughs> the opening sentence. It just says Kevin Weaver has diabetes. He also has a specially trained beagle named Bell who can sense when his blood sugar levels are off. Amazing. Right? That's really cool. She licks his nose and then pours at him to signal that he should take a reading. In the summer of 2006, Belle put another skill to work. Weaver suffered a seizure and collapsed. Ah. Belle grabbed the man's cell phone and bit down on the number nine, just like she had been trained. The number was programmed to dial 911 and emergency workers soon arrived. Belle was later given the Vita Wireless Samaritan Award for those who use cell phones to save lives. Belle was the first dog to ever win the award. That is so incredible. Isn't that cool? I didn't know you could teach a dog to dial a phone. Well, I think probably when they had buttons, you could. I don't know what you'd do now because yeah, not on like a, a touch screen is going to be a bit harder to maneuver, I imagine. I guess you but could I, teach a dog to, you know how there's that like emergency, you know when you like stuff up your lock screen and it's like, the do you down. need to dial 911? Yeah. And you're like, oh yeah. But you're Maybe. like, no, I'm just I'm trying to get it into my phone. I guess if you have a dog that needs to dial a phone for you in a you situation, you just get a button phone. Mm. Mm. That's incredible. That's cool, incredible. Right? Wow. My mind is blown. Belle has blown my mind. Isn't that cool? Better than Olga. Woof. <laughs> <laughs> Chaser, the dog of many words. Border collies are known for their intelligence. Wow, thanks, article. Chaser is a border <laughs> collie that belongs to a retired psychology professor, John W. Pilly. Oh, oh, sorry. Psychology professor. John W. Pilly read about a dog who learned to recognize 200 German nouns and decided to see if Chaser could learn words as well. Working with the dog for around five hours a day. Wowee. Chaser learned to recognize the names of a couple of new objects every day to a current total of 1,022 nouns. That's so cool. Along the way, Chaser got the idea that learning words is now her job. So now the 82-year-old Pilly has a hard time taking it easy as Chaser demands her lessons. Pilly is now teaching Chaser verbs and basic grammar. Far out. Wild. So what, how do you know it's working? I assume you teach something like microwave or fridge or and the dog will go to the thing. Or bed or, and then you teach it to go to the thing so that it recognizes more than just like sit stay so verbs would be like commands yeah whereas i think it, getting it to recognize an object would mean you could put a pile of objects on the floor yep. and then get it to indicate well, which one remember, is which do you remember the story of that dog that had just had like a thousand stuffed animals and it could go and run into like yeah, the yeah, yard yeah, and, get, and them? get them yeah that's like the dog that knows pizza the dog that knows pizza? Haven't you seen that dog that goes, it's like, who's your best friend? Who's your best friend? Who's your best friend? And he points to the same toy every single time. Oh, and then she finally that. puts the one in the pile that's shaped like a pizza. And she goes, who's your best friend? And he points to the pizza instead. And she goes, pizza. <laughs> so really cute. cute. I don't know if I'd be able to find it, but it's there somewhere. Uh, what do you think? You want one more? Yeah, give us one more. Okay, let me pick a good one. <laughs> Uh, beep, 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 beep. Okay, that sounds good. 
<laughs> Dexter the war hero. Oh. Dexter's full name is military working dog Dexter CO67. Jeez. But he is now retired after service in Afghanistan. <laughs> Dexter served for six years, during which time he detected a garbage truck filled with explosives uh, and saved at least a thousand military personnel and civilians. Far out. After his tour, he was scheduled to be euthanized because of hip mm. problems and the fact that military dogs are hard to place for adoption because of their aggressiveness. His handler, Kathleen Ellison, went to work to save Dexter through the organization Military Working Dog Adoptions. Mm. Veteran Danny Schurer who worked with dogs during his military service, agreed to adopt Dexter and bring him home to Spring Grove, Illinois. Dexter also became the first canine member of the American Legion when he was accepted as full member by Fox Lake American Legion Post 703. Wow. There you go. Dexter. Well done, Dexter. Dang. I can't believe they're just like, oh, he has a hip problem. We better euthanize Bye. him. Bye. Yeah, that's See you later, him and every grandma in the whole world. Like, we're not just going to start euthanizing grandmas, are we? I hope not. No. <laughs> Shouts out to my nana. I don't know if she has hip problems. I think she has back problems. Classic. Anyway, you got a read for me? <laughs> I was going <laughs> to I was going to try and make like a hip dysplasia segue, but I I don't want to. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> wow. Inappropriate. Thank you, producer Zane. Did you turn me down in the middle of my uh my my reading then? I saw you fiddle and I was like, "Am I yelling? I can't tell." <laughs> Now I am and just turning me down. down. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So friendly, energetic, and watchful. I'm talking about the Swedish Valhund. Oh. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, it's not a super popular breed. According to the AKC, it ranks 169 of 193. Oh, damn. That but is not good. You may have seen it floating around on Facebook because this breed of dog is like a wolf corgi. Wait, okay, wait. Let me get. Oh, good morning! It's like a wolfy. Oh, he's so cute. Wolfy markings, pointy ears, the, the fluff. Uh, but Are they more but common small. than corgis because my mom still really wants a corgi. I don't think it's and more I common than get corgi. her. A corgi. At one hundred and sixty-nine of one hundred and ninety-three, I don't yeah, think it's more common. You know, <laughs> um, far out. They're super cute. They're just like a compact, wolfy-looking dog. Compact. Uh, the long and low. The tail is amazing. <laughs> Swedish Valhund, Viking dog of ancient legend, is a smart and sociable herder of dense coat and boundless energy. These rugged cattle dogs are known. They don't look rugged. They're small and sweet. <laughs> rugged cattle dogs are known for their zest for life, unique vocalizations. Or oh, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to play something. I think. Uh, and cheerful demeanor. Cheerful demeanor. Cheerful. Like me. <laughs> Do At I, the beginning of the episode. Do I not have a cheerful demeanor? <laughs> you are when you're full of pep. <laughs> I am full of pep, thank you. Pep and tea. Pep and tea. That's the pep best combination. Uh, so between the 8th and 11th centuries, seaborne Vikings from Scandinavia raided, conquered, and settled vast areas of Britain. Traces of Viking influence can still be seen in the Scandinavian place names around the British Isles. Another reminder of the Brit of of the Britons of Britons <laughs> of the Britons <laughs> Viking past is the Valhund, thought <laughs> to be a cross of Scandinavian Spitz dogs with Welsh corgis. I love a Spitz, honestly. Me too. Uh, exactly when and where the breed was developed is unknown, but we do know that for centuries Valhunds were rugged cattle dogs and all-purpose farmhands in Western Sweden. I refuse to believe they're rugged because they're cute and small and lovely. Uh, yes. They are cute and small and lovely, aren't they? Very. They're just, I, 
you want to just like cuddle it. It reminds you, you know how with a cat, like you want to kind of like pick it up and just be like, I love you. That's what you want to do with this dog. Yes. A hundred percent. They're just real precious. Even like the really old black and white photos. There's one. Oh man. If you go onto the AKC website, which you can access from our show notes. Um, There is one where it's just like smiling. Look at this. Hey. That's the noise he's making because he's just like, ah, so happy. Uh, so the Swedish Valhunt is AKC's 156th breed and oh, was lot. recognized in 2007. So really late. What's up, 2007? The Swedish Valhunt is also known as Vast Gott Aspets. And <laughs> I beg your pardon? Yeah, you know. <laughs> and Swedish cattle dog. Uh, it comes naturally with no tail, stub tail or full curl tail. So that's interesting because we were talking about docking a few episodes ago. Yes. Um, this one... Apparently comes naturally with bob tail slash no tail, uh, and it's which is fine. Like that's yes. that wasn't the kind of docking we're talking about. If no, they no, no, come that's not docking. Born with a tail, that's just how their tail is. We're yeah. talking about when humans intervene and actually make the tail shorter. Yeah, just for the record. Uh, and it is weirdly enough, I don't know how you'd be able to tell, but it's pictured on a number of countries' stamps, including Sweden, Nicaragua, Ukraine, Nicaragua. Mali, Russia, and. Tajikistan or Tajikistan? Yes, that's the one. Thank you. I just guessed. Well, that's exactly how it's spelled. Thank so I'll you. It. Um, uh, but not yet on the USA stamps. That's really interesting. <laughs> how random. Uh, they have a thick sable coat, sturdy construction, and overall no frills look. Even though they're small with giant, I think they're. I think it's frilly. full of frills. <laughs> they are apparently a timeless breed. Uh. Oh, oh, producer Zane has a video ready for... Uh, yeah, hit us with a video, It's apparently Zane. unique vocalizations. Hit us up. Here we go. Skeety. Oh. Why? Why? You want more belly rubs? You want more belly rubs? That's so cute. <laughs> He honestly sounds like he's not far from making human words. <laughs> oh. <laughs> sounds like he's got an upset stomach. That's my favorite sound. Here's what? Grumpy man. Oh, yes. producer Jane. Pr- Jane? Oh, producer Jane. <laughs> producer Zane oh, just said. Um, that he's got his tongue hanging out of his mouth the whole video. That's so sweet. I'll get producer Zane to send me the link and we'll link it in the show notes. Stop! Oh, Did sneeze? <laughs> oh, we have been blessed by that audio. That was cute. Thank that was you, cute producer Zane. Um, yeah, they're real chatty, apparently. Um, they're apparently, as I said before, they're a timeless breed, as comfortable in a suburban backyard as they were on the prow of Viking longships 1,200 years ago. They're lively herders and they're built long and low to the ground in not quite as exaggerated a fashion as their distant cousins, the corgis. But the idea is the same. Their build makes it easier to nip at the heels of cattle and avoid kicks to the head. Balance, power and smooth movement are breed hallmarks. Cute. This is all so serious for such an adorable dog because I'm just looking at it and I'm like, you're a small wolf dog. That's what you are. How can I take you seriously? But they're very serious. They're very... Hardy and they're so cute, etc. <laughs> Hardy, etc. Uh, they uh, so nutrition-wise, they do well with uh, high-quality dog food, whether commercially manufactured or home prepared. 
um, as always with your vet's supervision and approval. Um, they're easy keepers and need less food than one would think, even if they're very active. And they tend to become overweight easily, as expected, with a long, low creature. <laughs> uh, try not to fee-freed Valhuns or any dog. It's not normal for dogs to graze, and it makes it difficult to know quickly if the dog isn't eating well. Uh, Grooming-wise, they are pretty chill. Uh, they're kind of in the middle of infrequent to frequent seasonal shedding <laughs> so like regular shedding regular amounts Somewhat of shedding what's regular yeah. shedding they need good down to the skin brushing occasionally uh and a bath when they get dirty so they're, they're pretty easy upkeep uh they shed their underquote underquote undercoat underquote twice a year which will make you wonder just how many dogs you have <laughs> going by the snow drifts of hair <laughs> last episode we had tumbleweeds of hair this episode we have snow drifts, snow drifts. <laughs> uh they're very easy dogs to manage when it comes to grooming uh, so when they are shedding a warm bath and a good massage when shampooing, followed by drying with a dryer and thorough brushing, thorough brushing, can get rid of the worst of it. Uh, they need lots of activity, um, which is exciting. They look like they would need lots of activity to yeah, be perfectly honest. Because they're a small dog, that's a really exciting thing to hear, is a small yeah. dog that needs lots of exercise. Maybe we should get one. <laughs> that's what, But that's what I'm saying. How easy could they, like how easy are they going to be? to get well probably not very especially in australia mm. um also you'd have to get it from a breeder and we're interested in adopting at least i am adopting <laughs> um there is quite a bit of individual variability in terms of exercise needs in the breed some of them have more energy than others so keep in mind that while this isn't a breed intended to run all day the valhund is a working farm dog and needs regular exercise one decent walk daily with some time playing fetch or performing a sport or other activity is likely adequate for most valhunds but some need more <laughs> they also need mental exercise in addition to their physical exercise puzzle games clicker training and participating in a sport can all contribute to their mental and physical well-being they are very eager to please and very outgoing very friendly um so training wise is oh it says most valhunts should want to work with you that's one of the hallmarks of the breed uh they do best with positive reward based training as i believe most dogs do uh since most just need to understand what you want keep in mind that this is a cattle herding breed they're strong-willed as they need to be to do their job and your goal should be to get the dog to work happily with you. Most do extremely well with clicker training and most are very biddable. Another great word. I think clicker training is actually really worthwhile. The more dog breeds we come across, the more it seems to have a lot of success. Yeah. So if you can really get your head around that, I, I commend you because it seems like it's kind of the way to go. Yeah. Um, as always, responsible breeders screen their stock for health conditions such as hip dysplasia. But uh, um. Where was I going with that? I was going to say something about breeders, you know, adopting. But if you need this dog, you need a breeder. <laughs> um, uh, a genetic test for eye, an eye issue called Swedish Valhund retinopathy, retinopathy was developed in 2017. Breeders can now identify carriers and breed them accordingly to ensure they do not produce affected offspring. So recommended health tests from the National Breed Club say you should check out their hips. They need to do an off Ophthalmologist. Oh, wow. Ophthalmologist. 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 Evaluation. Thank you, producer Zen. <laughs> um, and SV retinopathy. Uh, SV being Swedish Valhund. Retinopathy DNA test. Um, but otherwise, they're pretty healthy. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. I was going to see if I could find another little fun fact about him. No. 
Um, just kidding. You can if you want to. Oh, the first Swedish Valhandlitter in the United States was bred by Marilyn Thell of John Ricker Kennel in 1986. Man, this is a young breed. Um, and they almost, oh, that's interesting. The Swedish Valhund almost became extinct in Sweden in 1942. But that was rescued from that fate. But that was, that's a weird sentence. Yeah, that was a weird sentence. Um, but the breed was rescued from that fate when Count Bjorn Vorosen of Sweden became involved. Any relation to Bjorn the singer? I hope so. Yeah. I don't know why you'd be related by first name, but I'm <laughs> still hoping. Uh, yeah, that's our, that's our doggo. That's our doggo for today. The Swedish Valhund. The Swedish Valhund coming um, for you. Not really, though. But coming you know, for your sheep. Because they're sheep. Had your sheep. Had your cattle. Yep. Nice. <laughs> We're going to find you. We're going <laughs> to find you so you can run and tell that. Run and tell that. Run and tell that. They can only run and tell that if they have trimmed toenails. Oh! <laughs> Was a segue. That was probably one of the best segues we've Thank had you. on the podcast. <laughs> I was um, like, I should do something now. <laughs> okay, so a <laughs> little bit of a nasty topic, but I feel like it's time. Okay, I'm ready. Uh, we're going to talk about trimming your dog's toenails. Yeah, which is always hella scary. <laughs> it is really scary. And I know a lot of people refuse to do it and that's fine if you want to take your dog to the groomer and get it done. Mm-hmm. Good for you. But I know a lot of people, their dog's nails grow really quickly or they would prefer to hydro bath them when they can. So you're mm. going to need to know how to trim the nails on your dog. It's important. So yeah. I found an article called A Stress-Free Way of Trimming Your Dog's Toenails. Lovely. Um, basically, the consequences of long toenails are that it's painful for the dog. Yeah. So long toenails means painful feet. When a dog's toenails come into contact with the ground, like a sidewalk or your floor, or the hard surface pushes the nail back up into the nail bed. Ow. So imagine if you were walking on the tips of your fingernails all day, ah. it would start to hurt. Like ah. that's, that's gonna be painful. And they're much thicker and much bigger than our fingernails. So you can imagine. Mm. Um, so it puts pressure on all of the toe joints or can force the toe to twist to the side. So it's just not very nice for them. That sounds really unpleasant. Um, They can become very sore. They can become arthritic. Uh, The slightest touch is painful to your dog. They're going to fuss when you pick up the paw to cut the nails. So Mm. you want to do it before it gets to the painful point. Yeah, for sure. Um, The second consequence of long toenails is a bit more serious. All animals rely on information from nerves in their feet to move through the world and process gravity accurately. For millions of years, wild dogs have run long distances while hunting and worn their nails short. The only time their toenails would touch the ground was when climbing a hill. So a dog's brain is evolutionary... uh, yes. Evolutionarily programmed to Ooh. associate toenail contact with being on a hill, and he shifts his body posture accordingly, leaning forward over his forelimbs up the imaginary hill as reported by his toes. Wow. So, since the hill is not real, we've just got long toenails, yeah. a secondary compensation with his hind limbs is necessary to avoid face planting. So, the abnormal compensation posture can be called. <laughs> goat on a rock because <laughs> we'll it brings <laughs> great name goat not on a funny a topic <laughs> no because it brings his paws closer together under his body and normal neutral posture is a nice show dog stack with vertical legs like a table so you want your dogs to stand like a table with their legs underneath even evenly under their body yeah whereas if you were going up a hill mm-hmm. you kind of pull things closer together and in and they're not going to be evenly stacked yeah but they're doing this on a flat surface. Yep. So that's not ideal. 
Uh, research shows that standing with limbs camped in is hard work to maintain. These goat on a rock dogs get overused muscles and eventually overused joints, especially in their hind limbs, making it difficult to jump in cars, climb stairs, or even get up from lying down. Um, so it sounds like a lot of older dogs we know. Basically, it's aging them faster than they need to age. Yeah, that's crazy. Excuse me. So <laughs> here we go. Only use scissor type clippers. Guillotine Ooh. style clippers crush Eotine. the toe. Did I say guillotine? Yeah. Well, I wasn't feeling French today. That's okay. okay. Bob, it was last week. <laughs> crush the toe, which is painful. Never put the whole nail in a clipper. Right. Use small size clippers for better control. Only giant breed dogs will need large ones. Keep your tools sharp. Either replace or sharpen your clippers regularly. Um, if you're using a petty paws type grinder, mm-hmm. smooth out your trim afterwards with a rotating emery board and file only the insensitive nail around the top and sides of the quick. Mm. Sharpen the pencil, in quotes, where the nail is the wood and the quick is the lead. So if these words aren't making sense to you, this website has a really good um, couple of images that mm. describe all the different parts of the dog's toenail. I'm not going to go through them because it's not gonna make sense yep. you can't see it um so <laughs> definitely check it out go have a look on google image dog paw or dog foot mm. or whatever and see if you can make yourself familiar with these terms because they're basically just different parts of the foot and the yeah. toenail and the toe but if you've ever stuff. if you've ever tried to trim a dog's toenails you kind of get the idea you get the idea yeah. it's also the terrifying moment where you accidentally clip into the quick and it's just horrific because there's a lot of blood and the poor dog is in pain yep. and you're just like i'm sorry i'm yep. so sorry which brings me to my next point yeah if you cut the quick Use cornstarch to staunch the bleeding if you make a nail leak. With shallow cuts, this will be rare. But if you happen to get some bleeding, cornstarch is really good. Cool. Um, And it's natural. It's easiest if you use a small container with tightly packed powder. So hopefully you won't need it, but maybe something handy to have on hand. Yeah, just to stop it in the cornstarch. Yeah. So step one, handle your dog's paws often and introduce the clippers frequently without cutting. So put them around them and go, oh, look at this. This is our clippers. Mm -hmm. Make them familiar with it so that the first time that you're using them is not the time that you're cutting. Yes. Um, Otherwise they are going to associate it negatively. Mm. Use lots of praise and delicious treats. Get a quality pair of clippers. Um, This guide recommends the plier style that comes with a guide to help you avoid cutting the quick. So it's kind of Mm. shaped like a nail so that you kind of put it in towards the nail. Right. And, and it then like you slips can, in. Yeah. yeah. So then you just sort of, you cut with the guideline rather than just guessing like scissors or something. Yes. Yeah. So hold your dog's paw firmly, but gently cut the nail below the quick at a 45 degree angle, taking off small amounts at a time. This is where the guide is going to come in handy. You can safely cut the nail right to the guide. That's the guide on the scissor cutting if you get one with a Oh, cool. Cut, which yeah, is gotcha. really handy. Um, trim only until you see the white inside the nail with a small dot of black in the center. If you mm. don't see the white, you can cut a bit closer. Be careful. Just take a small amount off or you will cut the quick. Mm. Check and or cut your dog's nails every three weeks depending on how active they are. Mm. And the more you do it, the less nervous you'll be. Yeah, and the more your dog will get used to it and go, oh, yes, this is a regular part of my yeah. grooming. That's totally fine mm. so this this next bit is titled tips and tricks which i love that um <laughs> trim nails outside or in a well-lit room you don't want to be doing this in the dark no sir if you need cheaters for reading use them for toenail clipping too i.e if you have bad eyesight make sure you're wearing glasses because oh, gotcha. you're looking for small toenails yeah um it's actually easier to see the nail structures on pigmented nails than on white ones oh that's interesting mm, isn't it 
Um, the insensitive nail will show as a chalky ring around the sensitive quick. Keep clipper blades almost parallel to the nail. Never cut across the finger. Mm. Don't squeeze the toes. That hurts. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. So be careful when you're holding the foot. I know <laughs> I know as part of my job that when people concentrate, they tend to squeeze. <laughs> so if you are holding a foot, um, when you're concentrating, you might have a tendency to go, uh, while you're thinking about something. So don't do that. Try and keep a really firm but soft grip on your on your dog. Take a deep breath, person <laughs> that's cutting the nails. Don't concentrate by holding the paw tighter. Um, use your fingers to separate the toes for clipping and holding the paw gently. Um, use a pair of blunt-edged children's scissors to remove excess toe hair. Nothing dulls clippers quicker than cutting hair. True. I didn't so know that. you're not cutting the hair. That's mm. not the purpose of this exercise. Mm-hmm. You're cutting the nail. And mm-hmm. if there's too much fur around the paw, which is common with some breeds, mm-hmm. maybe give it a quick trim so mm-hmm. that you're not dulling your nail cutters. Yeah. Um, remember, no dog ever died from a quick toenail. If you Truth. quick your dog accidentally, give a yummy treat right away. Yeah. Make them feel better. Um, make nail trimming fun. Always associate nail cutting with cookies and praise. Oh, I want cookies when I cut nails. <laughs> Maybe for you as well. Then you won't get stressed about it because you know you have a cookie coming up. <laughs> um, this one says for maintenance, cut every two weeks mm. um, to shorten cut every week. Right. So use discretion. Um, I would just say monitor your dog, keep an mm. eye on your dog, check with your vet if you're really worried yeah. about it. Um, you just don't want it getting out of control to the point where we're getting goat on a rock syndrome. Don't want that. And then there's a fantastic image below here, which is called what is inside your dog's... Oh, did you see it? I, I did, sc- I did see it. My computer's a little a bit infographic. Laggy. There's a little angle. So it's got a really, really great graphic with um, insensitive wall, where the quick is... Um, cross section of the toenail so you can see what it all looks like and where you should be cutting so if it's something you're worried about there are plenty of um articles online and this one in particular was written by karen gelman phd so um, oh nice and you can probably imagine she knows what she's doing and in her photo she's standing next to a horse so i trust her that's a reliable source i think so thanks karen did you say karen Karen. yeah dr karen gelman love that love you karen thanks for your work (laughs) Uh, yeah, so I know that's not the most uh, fabulous or exciting of topics. No, but, but hey, it's got to be done. Important. And um, I know for me, I get really anxious with that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's, the more you know about it, the better for sure. So thank you. Check it out. Yeah, it was so good. Uh, cool. If you are cutting your dog's toenails and you want to send me a picture, firstly, I'm going <laughs> to cry. But secondly, you can find me at F L O F and P U P E R podcast. We are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Also shoot us an email if you want at floofandpuppapodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, do it. Uh, thanks <laughs> to That's Not Canon for hosting us. Thank um, you. If you want to find out about the other great shows on That's Not Canon Network, you can uh, look us up online at thatsnotcanon.com. We also have a brand new Instagram page called TNC Podcasts. Um, we'll be featured on there shortly. Yeah. In, I believe a couple of weeks. So um, give They're us going some alphabetically. Love. <laughs> They're going alphabetically and I think we're up to like B. So yeah. <laughs> we're coming up. Um, but yeah, feel free to give us some love over there as well. And check out our other podcasts on the network because yeah. there are some really great ones out there um, to listen to. So once you've binged us, go binge some more. Yeah. Cuddle a dog, listen to some podcasts. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in. Book, book, goodbye. Book, book, goodbye. Hold up. 
Hi there, my name's Jessica Kate. And I'm Ellen Rose. And we're the hosts of Murder in the Land of Oz, a new Australian true crime podcast. Yes, we're starting off in Brisbane, our hometown, because relatable. Relatable. We're going to be coming to you every second Monday. So give us a listen, give us a like. And a subscribe. Come and join us on our journey where we explore the depths of true crime Australia. Oh yeah. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.